0: Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Jesus. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral, Collegno. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegno. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop, Dr., Professor Ogo. Thank you for coming to bless the conference. How many of you were blessed by Bishop Ogo's ministry yesterday? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, by the grace of God, we have three speakers this morning. One landed from the UK. And we'll be speaking in the evening, uh, but two other speakers will be speaking after me, and I believe that it's going to be powerful. Can I have an amen? amen? I said it's going to be powerful. Hallelujah. How many of you are receiving living? you must make sure that you are being infused with living. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is like living that a woman took and put in three measures of meal until the whole lamb was living. Hallelujah. A living is an influence. So at this conference, you should believe God to receive an invisible influence that would catapult you from a struggling pastor of five members for two years one of the privileges that bishop dag has given to me is to train our pastors So I train all our pastors, all our missionaries worldwide. Over the past many, many years, they've all passed through my hands. And when they go, I relate with them. I go to the missions, see what is happening, you know. And I mean, you can see the frustration, the discouragement. Because every pastor wants his or her church to grow. No, is that not the bottom line? Is that not the bottom of passage? Do you agree with me? Yeah. God told us yesterday that there are numbers no in everything. I mean, it is probably one out of a million times that you hear that there was a football match and the score was 501. <laughs> Do you understand? it? Yeah. In Ghana, we used to boast of a record over Nigeria. We beat them 7-1 in 75 or something. And it has really pained them. And since that time, they have not been able to reverse the score. It's one of the pinching points that they have against us. Hallelujah. When you come to basketball, you see 98-95. 102-95. 97. Amen when it comes to the church alright there are also numbers hallelujah I got what I'm saying and numbers are important numbers are important some people say when you talk about church growth is it necessary I mean why do you want a lot of people you should rather have quality quality is important the people who come into our churches must be spiritual. They must be trained to love the Lord. They must be taught to know the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. To know how to preach. To know how to teach the word of God. To know how to evangelize. To know how to pray. To know how to spend time with the Lord. To know how to study the scriptures and walk in obedience. These are very important things. Hallelujah. But even before they can be renewed by the word of God, they should be in the church. It cannot happen outside the church. Amen. The church is where the believers gather. And given that there are over 7 billion people in the world, And given that it is not the will of God that any should perish but that all will come to repentance. Then I want to submit to us pastors that we cannot have small churches. Prof, we cannot have small churches. We must have large churches. Numbers are so important that God has devoted one whole book in the Bible that talks about names. And when the church began, alright, Jesus selected 12 people. One lost the ministry, Judas. And his place was taken over. After Jesus ascended they gathered in the upper room to pray for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. I'm really looking for an opportunity at this session to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit brings church growth. Hallelujah. And together with other disciples 120 of them so the Bible mentions 120 that were gathered in the upper room under the influence of the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit. When they preached, the first day that the church started, 3,000 people were saved. That is Acts chapter 2. By Acts chapter 4, another 4,000 were saved. By Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 6, we are talking about multitudes. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, the scripture says, and when the number of the disciples were multiplied, multitudes. By Acts chapter 11, multitudes have turned to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, it's very important and and that's what I spoke about I think uh, yesterday in the morning that you should have the right heart. You should have a heart as a pastor to have many people in your church. No, I want to submit to you that if you don't have that type of heart, you don't have a good heart. No, the pastor's heart defines Your vision, your assignment, your calling. So how is it that you have some other type of desire, aspiration, plan, strategy for life, apart from having a lot of people in your church, which means a lot of people in the kingdom. I always want you to understand do not be afraid of the terminology megachurch, church growth. God wants his church to grow. He wants a lot of people to come into the kingdom. In Psalm 2 and he said, ask of me and I'll give you the hidden for the inheritance and the utmost part of the earth." For thy possession. Amen? He said, ask of me. In Ezekiel 36, 37, he said, I will yet for this be asked of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will multiply them with men like a flock. God is saying, I want to do it hallelujah. God is a God of increase. Jesus said in John 15 8, herein is my father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. The father tastes glory not in littleness, not in scantiness, but the father tastes glory in abundance. In increase. When your church grows, you are bringing glory to the father. You are glorifying the cross. You are showing that the cross was not in vain. You are showing that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was not in vain. Hallelujah. And so, I really want you to believe God to receive a supernatural influence that will bring a manifestation of massive growth from this time going may your church grow gradually consistently but surely but surely amen may the lord save you from plateauing forever many of you have plateaued you got to 200 and you have stuck there for the past 5 years but in the name of Jesus after this conference God is letting you go higher Amen you are going with the anointing of a high jumper the bar was started at one meter but you are jumping that and after that it was increased to 1.5 and you are jumping that and it had been increased to 2 meters and you are jumping that 2.2 and you are jumping that 2.5 and you are jumping that hallelujah I see some of some of you not only even doing high jumping but you are poll voting you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You are poor voting. Yeah. And remember that the prophecy that you believe is the one that will come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, it's a blessing for us to be here. And I want to thank the father that God has given to me in the ministry Bishop dark. For, it's a good place for you to clap your hands. For years of directing our hearts to the main thing: souls, souls, souls. Pastors, the main thing is souls, souls, souls. Amen. When you look around you, see a lot of souls. Be, have a godly discontentment. One day, if I have an opportunity to preach for you, I'll preach to you a message that I call don't kill my baby. Don't kill my baby. Two women came to King Solomon. One was a true mother. When you are the true mother, you have love, you have concern, you have commitment, you have desire, you want to see something great. When you are not a true mother, you say, Kill. The, the, the one whose uh, child was not, he said, oh, King, good decision. Even I can give you money to buy the sword, divide. But the true mother, who had love, concern, said, don't kill my baby. Don't kill my baby." We must have the heart that Jesus had. And the heart of Jesus was for souls. He looked at Peter and asked Peter, John 21, 15, 16, 17, Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. So let's be concerned for souls. Let's want more souls. I want more souls. I want more souls. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord, give me more souls. Lift up your two hands and pray that prayer right now. specifically for Muslims. Give us muscles, Lord. Give us muscles. Enlarge our cause. Lift up your hands and tell the Lord. Enlarge my cause. God bless you in the Hallelujah. This morning, I'm about to share with you one of the most fantastic keys for church growth that God has given to us. And I'm talking about church good, and the cell system. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in this book, The Mega Church, one of the principles that Bishop dark talks about, and don't be worried that we are mentioning the name of Bishop Doug, because we, we have nobody else. We didn't even know that we're pastors. There was a term in Lighthouse, pastors by surprise. Many of us became pastors by surprise. We didn't know. We didn't believe. But do you know that it takes an older, more experienced prophet to see what is in you? When God called Samuel, he heard the voice of a man. But the senior prophet said, no, 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 no. Yeah, the voice sounds like that of a man. But it is God. Amen? And everything that we know, it is the truth. It is the truth. He is our Bible school. And don't be junior pastors, associate pastors. You see, don't try to say that you are like Elijah the Tishmite. And we don't know where you came from. Elijah the Tishmite. No. You came from somewhere. You came from somewhere. Which O'Go told us yesterday. He said, when King Saul saw David, where can we show? The first question he asked was, who is your father? Who is your father? Let me tell you something. How many of you want to be blessed in ministry? Be proud of your father. Talk about your father. Do you know why this conference is blessed? How many of you believe that it's blessed? It's because there is a hand of blessing that you can't see. Here, he spoke about help. The father level underneath. If I have, I don't have my father's blessing. It will not work. How am I able to invite Bishop Musa and Bishop Adi and all these people? These are my father's friends. Oh, you don't understand, eh? But when you are a good son, you also have access to your father's friends. All those of you who are disregarding your fathers by biting, saying bad things about them, shut up. You are killing your ministry. You are killing your ministry. There's a certain blessing that will not follow you. Amen. Amen. Fathers come with complete blessings. Amen? Hello? Do you understand? Encourage the name of your father. Jesus always spoke about his father. He said, the son can of his own do nothing except that which is here, the father. He said, the words that I speak to you they are not my words but they are the worst of him that sent me. He said, I came not to do my own will, but I came to do the will of the Father that sent me. Amen? Many of you are stuck because in your heart you have the wrong attitude towards your Father. And we are here, you won't be supposed to lay hands, want won't be to lay hands on you and know that it won't work. It won't work. Honor thy father and thy mother for this is the first commandment of a blessing that it may be well with you. There are many of you after this conference Your key for church growth is to go to your father, kneel down, beg him, repent, sow an offering, and say, Please, release me. Your church will begin to grow. Amen. Preach your father's messages. Yeah. Because if it was good enough. To bring you to where you are, it should be a blessing to others. Amen. So, so, so that just I just want you to relax. We'll talk, about Bishop back yeah. just relax because we'll keep on talking. Hallelujah. A professor of a university, owner of an university came to interview me a couple of months ago and uh, was asking, because in our Bible school, most of the things that we teach are Bishop Dark's materials. So he said, I've heard. So what is the basis? I explained to him, number one, our Bible school, the intention is not to produce theologians. Our aim is to produce practical ministers of the gospel. We did a survey about two years ago. 98% of our alumni are in ministry. And out of that, about 70-something percent are in full-time ministry. So I told him, our aim is not just to study systematic theology. Old Testament studies, New Testament studies, survey, apologetics. What this theologian said vis-a-vis this and all that. That I want to be practical. In my thesis that I did, I took on people like Peter Wagner and some other known theologians who were saying that it is good for the church to split. So they were talking about things that how the reformation, you know, and out of it we had the Protestant churches and all that. Then I say, yeah, I agree with you. But I when I talk about disloyalty and rebellion in the church, I am talking about something that destroys the church. And Paul said that if I destroy if I build again the things that I have destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get what I'm saying. Eh? And James explained. He said, where there is confusion. Give me that scripture. I think James 4 from 13. Give, 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 Give it. I don't know why I'm talking about all this, but receive them. Amen. Alright. All three? Three, three? Help, 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 help. James chapter three from verse 13, I think. Brother? Yeah. Who is a wise man and, and dude of knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his words of meekness, of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envy and strive in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Is that not what happens in the churches? When the pastors are pulling the branches. It's for me. Meet me for me. Meet me for me. No, I have to go. No, I'm taking over. You know, I'm changing the name. No, what do you mean? And all that bitter envy and strife go ahead this wisdom descended not from above but is earthly sensual and comes from the devil how can anything that comes from the devil be good how can anything that comes so I explain to them that when we talk about disloyalty we are talking about a destructive cancer that destroys churches. It does not build churches. So you cannot equate that with schism in the church. Amen? Continue. But where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil week. There are many head pastors, founders of churches who cannot sleep. Raise you up. Help you. And look at what you are doing. Look at what you are doing. And you are come to sit at a church, go conference. That God should bless what you are doing. And after this session, go home. This evening, don't even come. Go and look for your father. Repent. Kneel down. Let him lay his hands on you. Then come for tomorrow's session. You have wasted your time. Hallelujah. I said you have wasted your time. Amen. Jake. Hallelujah. Continue. But the wisdom that is from above is pure. Then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy and verse eight. look at verse 18 and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace if what we are doing is bringing peace then it's coming from God hallelujah I you wrong now one of the principles that Bishop Dan teaches to help churches to grow. Oh, let's welcome somebody. Amen. It's the principle of smaller subdivisions. Hallelujah. He says smaller subdivisions within the church allow for better pastoral care. Which eventually leads to church growth. Questions that cannot be asked in a large Sunday service can be addressed in the small groups. The small groups become the family units to which church members belong. So I want to briefly share with you on this principle. All right. So, church growth and the cell system. Please come with me to Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. One of the most powerful, fantastic church growth tools that you need to implement in your church is cells, small units. Hallelujah. When we talk about a cell, we are talking about your members gathering in homes, offices during the week for the purposes of prayer, Bible study, evangelism, fellowship, showing love and care for each other and so winning. Hallelujah. Now, when the Holy Spirit birthed, the church, in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit himself brought about the idea of the church meeting in the temple and also in homes. Yesterday, Bishop Musa spoke about the anointing of the pastor. And he said, one aspect of that anointing is that it gives you wisdom. Wisdom for the pastoral work that you are doing you understand it? so the sound system is wisdom that the Holy Spirit gave to the apostles now there were only 12 apostles plus some other key people that made up the 120 disciples in the upper room now watch this within a short time of starting the church the church had moved from 120. 3,000 have been added. 4,000 have been added. But at chapter 5, multiply at chapter 6, verse 1, as the number of the disciples multiplied, we are talking about huge numbers of people. So the question is, how were these few apostles going to be able to look after them? Because church is not only preaching in the pulpit. But after the preaching, there are other issues. How are they going to do it? So the Holy Spirit Himself led them and gave them an idea, wisdom, strategy. Said that on the Sabbath days, they will gather in the temple. But during the weekday, they met in homes. In small, 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 small groups where they continued to have fellowship. Look at Acts chapter 2. I'm just laying the foundation and God willing in the night will continue to build up from there. Right. Acts chapter 2 from verse 40. And of many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourself from this unto a generation. Verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, they There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in praise. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. Verse 46. And they, continually, daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So you realize that right from the onset of the church, the Holy Spirit brought the strategy of the church meeting in two places. In the temple and from house to house. Now listen to this. Your mistake and the mistake of the contemporary church is that we have restricted church only to the temple and taken out church in the house. But it is very important, pastors, for us to understand that the church is not being built by us. The church is being built by the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16 18, he said, I'll build my church, and we are vessels. First Corinthians 3 9. The scripture says we are laborers together with him. Hallelujah. We are laboring with him, and God is influencing us so that we will build with him. In that process, we are servants, he is the boss. He has the master design. He has the master design. And it's very important, not only, listen to this, it's very important not only for us to build a church, but to build it according to the pattern that the Lord has given. According to the pattern. According to the pattern. If you don't build according to the pattern, God will not bless it how many of you agree with me that you have given your, your the, the design of your house that your architect has beautifully done giving it to the contractor and then when you go to the site the guy is doing something different totally different and when you ask him, so, oh I, I feel that I saw your design it's very nice but there's this design that I did for this other guy he really appreciated it I thought that I should do the same thing for you will you be happy Most of us are building the church according to our own mind. According to our own ideas. And God doesn't bless that. I'll give you an assignment. When you go, read Exodus chapter 40. When God asked Moses to build the tabernacle, God gave him clear instructions about the different measurements, dimensions, uh, the type of uh, fabric to use and all that. And when you read, there's one statement as we're getting to the end that you come across. that And Moses, this, this, and that, and that, and that as the Lord commanded Moses. It runs through. Now what was the result? Immediately he finished, the Bible said the glory of the Lord entered the tabernacle. God a stamp on it, bam! this is the blessed way. So listen, operating cells in your church is not the idea of a man, but it is the idea of the Holy Spirit himself who started the church. And if you want to build a large church, if you want to build a large church, you cannot but to engage in this holy spirit inspired strategy oh yeah and all throughout the early church you see that the church was meeting in houses let's look at a few more scriptures Acts chapter 2 we have looked at it Acts chapter 5 They cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his barrier, and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul he made havoc of the church. Now watch this. Entering into every house and hailing men and women. Why did he enter into the houses? He knew that the church was meeting in the houses. He knew he knew that these guys, these guys, because in the midst of persecution, people begin to hide. But he said, that there are places that they meet. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 12. We all remember the story of Peter being arrested by Herod to have him murdered after Easter. is that also the angel of the Lord appeared to him, set him free yeah. Verse, from verse 11 And when Peter was come to himself He said Now I know of a surety That the Lord has sent his angel And has delivered me out of the hand of Herod And from all the expectation of the people of the Jews Verse 12 And when He had considered the thing He came to the house Of Mary The mother of John Whose sign name was Mark. Where many were gathered together. Pray. He came out of the prison. He was thinking. Where can I go? Then he remembered. There's a cell. Cell somewhere. There's a cell somewhere. Let me go there. Hallelujah. There's a cell somewhere. Let me go there. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. Help me. Ah, chapter 20 and verse 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul said, I taught you not only in the temple, but also from house to house. Amen? Amen. In Acts chapter 16, there was this lady, Lydia, who was converted at the prison of Paul and the rest. Now, in verse 40, the Bible says, and they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia who had been saved earlier on? And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. When they went to the house of Lydia, the brethren had gathered there. I don't know. I've made my case. Amen? Hmm? Yeah? Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. I commend unto you, Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church which is at center. that ye receive her in the name as becoming saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she had need of, for she had been a socera of many and of myself also. Great Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who for my life laid down their own unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Verse 5. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. A cell is a church in the house. Amen? A little church. A churchlet, if you like. So it's very important as you are building your church to move into cells. Amen? Now, there are so many um, benefits when you have cells. I'd like to just give you um, two of them. And then I'll be sitting down. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Why are cells powerful? Cells are powerful because just like the cells in the human body, They are the agents of multiplication and growth. Do you want your church to grow? Do you want your church to grow? Amen. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So the different parts of the body, joining together, relating. So, what it means is that you can break the body into parts. And the smallest unit of that is a cell. And when the cells join together in the earth and the interact, the result is that it maketh increase of the body. Amen. So the church is a living organism. Because the church is the body of Christ. And Christ is alive. So the church is alive. If the church is alive, then it must grow. And if the church has cells, then through the cells, just like the cells of the human body brings growth, it will bring growth. Hallelujah. Amen? Number two. Number two. The cells are very beneficial for you, pastor. Because through the cells, you can win souls in an explosive manner the cells can be compared to a fisherman who has decided instead of using a line and a hook he has decided to use a net Now many of you in your churches, you are winning souls with line and hook. One one here, one there, one there, one there, one there. It is very slow. It's very slow. And you know that in fishing, so that when you pick the, the, the fish, it goes back into the water. Do you get that? But the cells gives you a different mechanism. The cell is a match. Why do you have twenty cells in your church? Mampobi, Ntabiyoko, Nungwa, Airport, Adenta, you know, and you tell them have an outreach at least once a week. In our church, we have hundreds of cells, and on Saturdays they do outreaches. So, as those around Kuala are doing it, those at uh, uh, Latobi Okushi are also doing it. Those at Mampubi are doing it. Adabraka are also doing it. If you have 100 souls, and each of them wins just one soul, over a weekend, that's 100 souls. And what you have done is that you have cast a net over a big area. The time has have come for you to drop your, your line and hook. The time has come for you to cast a net. I see you casting a net. Thank you. On a Sunday morning in our church, our problem is not people coming to church. Our problem is how to keep the people. Yeah. 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 On a normal Sunday, we do anywhere in the region of about 100 souls. Yeah. From all the services, when we put them together. So our problem, when we have meetings, is, where are the souls? We need to keep them. Because we have cast a net. So when you go back, and tonight, I'll continue, I will show you how to turn your church into a cell church. Yeah. So when you go, you cast in it. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? And number three: the cell is very important for you, pastor. Why? Because Because when you build cells, you are going to have cell leaders who are going to help to share in the burden of the ministry that God has given to you. Yesterday, Bishop O'Gos taught us about the health ministry. The fact that in building a large church, you cannot do it alone. He said, when you see a pastor with a mega church, know that you are looking at somebody who has the ability to mobilize. I still remember those words. To mobilize, help us. Pastors, ministry is very difficult too. Ministry is very difficult. Now, well, sometimes, sometimes, some pastors don't know because you really don't do it well. But, it is a burden to do ministry. To look after God's people. The burden of prayer The burden of visitation, the burden of evangelism, the burden of interacting with your sheep, the burden of pastoral care, the burden of dealing with different issues cannot be done by one pastor. So when God, the master builder of his church, instituted his church, he did not mean for you alone to walk around sweating to do the work, but he meant for you to be surrounded But a group of people who will help you to carry the burden of the ministry. (laughs) When when Moses' father in law, Jethro, went to visit him, this is what he told him. Look at um, um, Exodus 18. Exodus 18 from verse 13 quickly Exodus 18 Ah. or numbers alright, alright, okay, yes right there, right there right there now Exodus 18 from verse 13 Now, and the story of Jethro and Moses should serve as a very good lesson to all of us who live churches. There are two ways. The question is, can you live a church? Can you live a church? You can leave live a church. You can. But it is about how you live. There are two ways of living. The Moses type of living and the Jacob type of living. When Jacob was leaving his uncle Laban after years of working his ministry, what did he do? He just got up one day, packed everything, did a lot of things behind him secretly and then just left. So when Laban caught up later with him, he told him, do you know that by what you have done it lies in my power to curse you. When you live in that way, you bring a case but moses when god called him he went back because he was tending the sheep of Jethro so he went back to his father in law and said please the lord has called me there's a higher calling can you bless me for me to go and the father released him years later because of that good relationship the father in law came back into his church to come he visited him one day and as moses was ministering he said no 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 some things are wrong correct it. You, you see, when you are leaving, you banged the door too loudly that now you can't go back. Every time you are leaving the, the room of your father, your mother, your boss, if there's a disagreement or you want to leave, just close the door gently. Because you may never know. You may have to come back. Now, back to bed. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood by Moses from morning unto the evening. Bible scholars tell us that anywhere in the region of 3 million Jews left Egypt. So can you imagine reverend Dr. Apostle, prophet Moses sitting alone and the people standing from morning to evening he pastored them and sorting out their issues this one comes and says that, I don't know why this brother has been looking at my wife in a way that I don't like please sort it out this one said, these days I've been having a lot of diarrhea so that my cattle he, he arrested some of my cattle, he doesn't want to bring them back all kinds of issues and when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people God is asking you, pastor why is it that you have become one man tazan super pastor you alone you are leading the choir from the choir rehearsals now you go to the ashes to arrange them from the ashes now you are moving everywhere what is wrong with you what's wrong with you you preach but before the preaching you lead the worship after that you introduce yourself you take the offerings hello him, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone and all the people stand by thee? Now, but take note, why sittest thou alone? You're not supposed to be alone through the cells, you're going to have so many people who are going to help you. You will not be alone. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think i'll end here and i'll pick it up from this point i'll pick it up from this point when we come going in the evening so brothers and sisters go and cast a net by building cells in your church and god is going to bless your church rise of it lift up your hands pray and tell the Lord grant me this wisdom grant me this wisdom grant me this wisdom grant me this wisdom to build cells, grant me this grace the anointing to build cells in my church to raise up helpers, to help me lift up your hands everybody and pray pray yes pray Pray. ask the lord specifically grant me the grace to bear cells in my church you gave this strategy to the apostles lord help me to keep this pattern let me move into this pattern let me move into this pattern let me move into this pattern In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be your name. Hallelujah. Lift up your and tell him. Your name. be your Surround me, Lord. Surround me, oh Lord. Surround me, surround me, oh Lord. Oh, oh. Surround. The wisdom to be impacted unto us to build cells when you started a church that was the wisdom but we have superimposed our wisdom over what you put in place we repent and our lord fill us with the grace and the anointing to build cells i see hundreds of cells Receive the grace to build hundreds, thousands of cells in different, different corners of this city and wherever your ministry is. Receive that grace. It is coming upon you. Receive that anointing. Receive that wisdom. In the name of Jesus, may God raise up out of your bowels many helpers who will help you to build cells and bring in the increase and the growth that you desire. May you be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon, opposite the Collegu main gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith Service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our vibrant youth church is also at 9:30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6:15 to 8:30 p.m. Prompt for further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278 888 884 or 0543 289 289. The numbers again. 278 88 or 543 289 God bless you. To glorify your name.